0: Welcome into episode 71 of the Natural Hat Trick podcasts. Daddy, Eddie! Eddie.
1: I had to say it. Morgan.
0: You had to say it like that?
1: Yeah, I like saying it like that.
0: Alongside Craig Morgan. You like it too, not and, and Jamie Eyes. Well, I'm not interrupting okay. you. You can do it again if you want.
1: How is your uh, lavender and jasmine chai latte today?
0: I, you know, I never even get to introduce myself before you just start ripping it.
1: <laughs> the
0: man ripping me is Craig Morgan. The man laughing at me is Jamie Eisner, and I'm Luke Lipinski. Now ask your scandalous questions about my delightful drink.
1: Is it good? It is
0: good. There's no lavender or jasmine in it. I could get that for
1: you next time.
0: What what is Jamie's drink? Jamie's drink can't be that much manlier than my drink.
1: vanilla Uh, ice latte? But it's it's, it's a little farther along the continuum toward manliness. (laughs) There's no chai in it.
0: Great. (laughs) Whatever. You know what? Chai makes you stronger. Does it? I feel like that's a song. Um, I'm not winning myself any battles here. It's episode 71. It's the Pateri-Nokalainen episodes. Yeah, that's nice. So this episode will be
2: waived, re-signed, and waived two more times before the show's over. Tree. Greatest nickname (laughs) for a guy (laughs) named Pateri ever.
0: So Malkin doesn't even make the top 100, and then we can't even give him episode 71 on this show? All right, that's fair. At least you didn't go with Jordan Nolan. Uh, We'll start in Boston. We've got real news, and we've got fake news. We're going to start with the real news. (laughs) That I think we should always sure, start, I'll with, start the with the real news yeah, yeah. I, there, just, there may
1: come a time where the fake news becomes more important but. Probably in
0: 2018 that's, I think as yeah. a news cycle We'll just completely switch over to fake news Real news, Claude Julian is not the coach of the Boston Bruins So they can't threaten to fire him anymore
2: No, uh, they finally uh, pulled the trigger And something we've talked about Even about a year ago at this time As you know, whether or not Julian was on the hot seat Joe Haggerty was finally right
3: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's true Hey, better late than never, right?
0: Isn't there some sort of, like, I can't remember the phrase because I'm not a doctor, but in, like, the world of psychology where it's almost more powerful to just have the threat constantly of firing Claude Julian than to (laughs) actually, now that they've done it, they have no power.
1: Yeah. Like, now they're just stuck with... Don Sweeney?
2: Well, except with the, they get the (laughs) nice little draft pick compensation because of the weird NHL rules. For whatever reason, you could fire somebody and then still demand somebody else give you something to hire them. What do you think they'll do with that draft pick? Uh, they will probably take a player that nobody ever heard of, about a round deeper than anybody else's draft board, or
1: or, or draft a franchise center and then yeah, trade him. And then trade him. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: no, the could. For you. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> by the way, let's 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 okay. So Julian takes the fall here on, on an underperforming Boston team, but it's kind of tough to coach when your general managers plural trade away all your talent. And That's true. I, so if we if, let's look at just what the Sagan trade. I know, take take your drink. This was this is. Not Natty Hattie Bingo, I'm bringing up the Sagan trading. Natty yeah. Hattie Bingo, that sounds like a song. <laughs> like, I like it. Like a punk song Even from the 90s. You I just want you to you
1: figure, we're going to have to run with that at yes. some point, figure that
2: out. Trademark, trademark, by the way. I, I want you to, uh, Play along at home, okay? I want you to, to look up the Boston Bruins stat page on NHL.com. And I want you to scroll down, and scroll down a little longer. Continue scrolling down. And at the very, <laughs> very, very bottom of the forward section, you'll see two players where they combined four points this season. Okay, who might they be? That's Jimmy Hayes and Joe Morrow. Do you know what those two players have in common? Uh, I
0: think you're going to tell us.
2: They are the last remaining players to have any link to the Tyler Sagan trade.
0: In Boston. I in mean, Boston. Louie
2: Erickson's off having in th- Boston. A, a career somewhere else. So, as I look at that, uh, does Sagan have more than four points this year? Uh,
0: he may have had more than
2: four points in his last game. Yeah, uh, that's a big problem, isn't it? Is that the
0: worst trade you can remember in the NHL. I mean, and I'm not saying like go back to the 60s and so and so was traded for some other guy with a cool name, but just in like the last 10 years, I can't remember a worse, more lopsided trade that involved a franchise center, a young franchise
2: center. And people knew it at the time, too. This isn't really hindsight. No. This was discussed as this trade was oh. happening with Louis Erickson. What was the seven and the a seven player trade? Because they traded, what, Sagan and Rich Peverly for five stars? Yeah. It's like Erickson, Joe Morrow.
0: Erickson was the only. Uh, Player,
2: really? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Hayes was a, a trade that they made. It was Riley Smith that came over, and Riley Smith got traded to Florida with uh, Jimmy Mays, Hayes, with, Sav- no, with sorry, Savard's Derek. contract <laughs> for, for you Jimmy. I felt like Hayes, I had to break like... up his uh, soliloquy. <laughs> up <today. laughs> I think we just let him go, and then we wrap up episode. I, seven. Actually, yeah. I
1: think, you know why you should just take take, just take the whole show. You take take the whole Boston segment.
2: To me, I, again, I, yes, did, they underper- did the Bruins underperform expectations last year? Yes. Did they underperform expectations so far this year? Probably because they've played so many more games than everybody else. But I think the issue is not the head coach.
1: Well, the, in, the good news, I guess, is that the spotlight will be squarely on someone else now. There's no one left to blame. Yeah. So it will be on the GM now, and we'll see how this plays out. Cause I, don't think, I don't see things getting better for the Bruins down the road here, Well, to at me- least not down the, the immediate road.
0: To be fair, Don Sweeney's not the one that traded Tyler true. Sagan. But he hasn't done much good since he got there. Now, you know trade Dougie Hampton. That's true. That's uh but I mean there is there's a certain arc for every franchise, and when you are picking as high as the Bruins were and you get Tyler Sagan, there's a reason why you were picking there and then he's supposed to be a part of your right future. That's and, how it works. And, yeah.
1: Especially
2: with franchise centers
1: and top pairing or top four defense. Yeah, but you know,
2: yeah. he didn't change his clothes that one time during the postseason, so you know, you gotta get rid of him. Maybe he was superstitious.
1: I, and I think we've talked about this too, but it's always amazing to me how any player that gets traded out of Boston just gets oh, buried and, and, and by the local media. Bad guy, horrible. Any sport in Boston. Yep.
0: Do you think that'll happen to Gronk if they trade him? <laughs> I always <laughs> oh, thought it was a Red Sox They might. Okay.
2: Oh, he partied no, too it, hard. and. yeah.
0: I feel like he partied harder than Tyler Sagan. I guess I don't have proof of it until we see his party bus drive by that window during this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's,
2: it's ridiculous. But we, I don't want to get down this road because this is, takes the podcast in a weird direction. But yes, just, you do. But just imagine if Rob Gronkowski and the things he said and the things he did, if he was Cam Newton, how he would be portrayed and covered by people across the country. But that, that, that's, a, that's a different story for a different yeah, podcast, I guess. But, that's <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. But, also, but the point is—, is I do think is, it depends where he plays, too. But he's yeah, just a right. lovable frat boy Yeah, now. he's just a lovable frat boy. Unless, but y- yeah, y- y- yeah, if you can't true. read between the lines, sorry, uh, I won't spell it out. But the point is still, the this, this smear campaign that comes out of Boston every time that they trade somebody is, is remarkable to me.
0: It is weird. I always thought it was just a Red Sox thing, but it, it appears to uh, have extended to the other— Teams in town. They're so
2: insecure. Most, most, well,
0: first of all, that city wins a championship like every minute. Yeah, eight like, stop it. But
2: like, Boston <laughs> sports fans are still the worst. Still the worst in sports.
0: See, I, I went on a rant about this and I got told I was way out of line earlier this week. I actually love Boston sports fans, but I thought that the complaining about Deflate Gate after they won another Super Bowl, where Deflate Gate, if anything, probably helped them, is a little over the top because now they get to trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a first round pick and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, back to hockey. Uh, right. Claude Julian, better off? I think at this point. I mean he basically has his pick of any available
1: Probably, job. yeah. He's gonna be a very attractive option for Vegas or other teams. But if yeah, he's he's see, first- as we were just saying, I mean this this is not trending in the right direction in Boston. So might be a good time to get out and yeah, get another opportunity, get a better opportunity, possibly or just a fresh start away from this mess.
0: If you're him, where are you going? I mean, just assuming that the places that are kind of open right now, like the, the Islanders, I'm going to say is still open, even though Doug Waite has like oh, the best yeah. winning percentage be ever. Uh, Vegas, any, anywhere else that you think might be open in the off season? Like if you're Claude Julian, are you waiting to see what comes open in the offseason? I would wait. I
1: don't, I don't yeah, see what the harm some, is. What, yeah. What's the rush? Wait and, if, if and, if wait and see lo- what the best opportunity is available.
2: And it might be Vegas if he's looking for long-term security because he's going to have a much bigger, uh, much more slack in Vegas and he will going any other place whether it's the Islanders or anywhere else
1: and he could live in Vegas some people are told like that it's true so
2: some people do some yeah. people yeah he could deal like blackjack and you know
1: what's the really helpful season. when you're in Vegas having an ID I <sighs> knew. Yeah,
0: the help. second the second Craig <laughs> zeroed his focus in on <laughs> me how <laughs> do you <laughs> to expect
2: to
1: get frozen Moscow
2: murals Luke with no
0: ID I couldn't even get a sandwich in Vegas without an ID Craig had to like bring me out a bag of
1: potato it was, chips it was embarrassing I'd buy a six pack of beer for him then Walk out of the store and hand it to him. I was afraid I was going to get caught. <laughs> I ate everything. Delivering it to a miner <laughs> at,
0: uh, at the awards banquet. I was the guy eating all the food, but it wasn't like a greed thing. It was my only chance to eat for the entire
1: week because I couldn't <laughs> purchase anything else. Yeah, the to boxes were embarrassing too. You know, you carrying out six to-go boxes. Are you done? No. Okay. Okay. Are we done with Boston? You don't want
0: to say anything about my drink again? Are we done with Boston? Oh uh,
2: probably. I mean, where do they go from here? I don't think they're a playoff team. They're, somebody's going to catch them with all those all the games in hand.
0: Um, and here's my last two things about this. First of all, Toronto's in the playoffs, right? I mean, it's going to take a major collapse. and I don't think that's a team that's that's really, I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're going to collapse either. I think they're just going to kind of keep doing what they're doing, and if Boston's not going to catch them.
1: <laughs> Maybe they'll catch Montreal the way Montreal's going.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think I think we can fairly safely say Toronto's going to make the playoffs. I know that if you said that to a Maple Leafs fan right now, they would they would freak out and they would... Right go through some OCD ritual to make sure that that got erased from, like, the universe's transcript, (laughs) but Toronto's making the playoffs this year, assuming they just, you know, stay healthy and everything.
1: Um, It's still a pretty tight race, though. Yeah, I mean, the East is amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's six points out of being the worst team in the Eastern Conference.
0: Well, but I mean, just specifically in the Atlantic, I'm not saying they're going to steal a wild card away from the Rangers or something, but they're going to finish in the top three in the Atlantic, unless you think Boston gets a huge jolt from Cassidy,
1: yeah, and I don't know. It's, it's hard to – I mean, Toronto has three games in hand on Boston, too, and they already have a two-point lead, yeah. so it's it not be. a great situation, but that's certainly not insurmountable. All, all it takes is for the Leafs to go on a little bit of a losing streak, and they certainly have enough youth that you could still see that happening. What do you guys think of Ottawa? <laughs> I I don't get it. I
0: try not
2: to.
1: I You
0: had me write a story on Ottawa. I know I did. Jamie's I ball. specifically I made sure you did, did it. And I wrote it, and I did a ton of research, cause, and the deeper I got – usually you come up with an angle and a story, and you're like, okay – I'm gonna find some stuff, and as you're digging through stats, it tends to back you up. I still don't know why Ottawa was good this year. They've got three guys with goals, and basically nobody else. They're bouncing around between goaltenders. They're like they're penalty- they just lost
2: six nothing to the Blues. <laughs> I, right?
1: They're probably a first round exit. What I finally
0: came up, the the conclusion I came to was they play in the Atlantic, and that's why they're a playoff. Team. If, I, if
2: I'm Toronto, I am praying.
0: I get it. At Ottawa in round one.
2: No, that's going to be a first-round series. Like it's going to be Washington
0: and the Rangers, and Pittsburgh and Columbus, and Toronto and Ottawa. I Think that's going to be a real series. By the way, so I, I,
2: can,
1: I want to see Toronto in the playoffs. I, I like watching and Toronto. And this is now. what
2: so and, and team in the second round. And I Probably. think in Montreal's a better team. But if they keep trending in this direction, or they have a bad couple of weeks, or Price gets hurt, I mean, Toronto has an easy, fairly easy path to the Eastern Conference Final. Let's think about that for a second. I'm 100% with you. I really am. It, this is why I hate the way it's
0: it's set up. I think that would be a cool story this year. But I, I, I've said this before. I hate the way the NHL playoffs are set up. The four best teams in the Eastern Conference are going to play each other in the first round. And it's going to be that way next year. And it might be that way that the the year after that. And we've seen it in the Central Division in years past in the mm-hmm. West. These these teams shouldn't always have to play each other if they're really the four best teams in the conference.
1: Yeah, I think it's a strong argument to be made for that. I get the the rivalries to a certain extent, but yeah, I I tend to agree. Once you get to the playoffs, you really should be rewarding records more than anything. And I get the rivalry argument, but if you are, you know, Chicago and
0: L.A., they kept finding each other in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That's why they're a rival. It wasn't that they were pitted against each other in round one every year. Obviously, they're not even in the same division, so I don't know. Um, By the way, have they established, is Vegas definitely in the Pacific have they talked about this yet? They haven't. They talked about their name for six months, but they haven't. Vegas? Not Las yeah. Vegas. You mean Vegas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. excuse yeah, me, Vegas. The Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights. Is there anything in, in hockey that bothers you more than that, Craig? I talk about it a lot. In fact, I've I was stumbled on over with that with
1: Jesse Spector last night, and yeah. we talked about that quite a bit. I did mention your name. You know, you brought up Jose Sharks, and I really like that one. I'd actually <laughs> well, like, to be called, I'd like to play for the Jose Sharks. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? It sounds like a... Like a tequila or something, yeah. isn't
2: it? Yeah, well, that, that's
0: going to be Luke's fake name. when Jose oh, Sharp tequila. Again. Well, as we established when Sebastian was here.
1: What's the tagline? I'm going to write the tagline. I wasn't quick enough on that. Uh, Sorry.
0: Something
2: about circling. Tequila with bite? We're circling. Oh, well. Tequila with bite. That there you works. go. Wow. See, look I, at you. just found Jamie's that's career.
0: That's beautiful.
2: <laughs> Do you have one for Louis Blue? <laughs> that sounds like a really cheap tequila. <laughs> No, it sounds like, that sounds like a place you go to to buy Jose Shark.
0: <laughs> I'm going to Louie <laughs> Blues to get <laughs> <Louis> Blues into, <laughs> to get some Jose Shark. All right. Uh, do we want to talk about Montreal now since we've already kind of transitioned to that? and then we'll, sure, come, then we'll get to the fake news. We'll get to the fake news that was treated like real news for some reason. <sighs> yeah, because
2: it would make all of our, our Coyotes followers continue to listen to us until we get to the point where they really tuned in for it.
0: Uh, I think they, they tuned in to hear the dulcet tones of Craig Morgan. Dulcet
2: <laughs> 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 tones, that was
0: that oh. was it. That was pretty fantastic. I, I enjoyed that oh. uh, tweet thoroughly.
1: By the way, Josh Cooper from Puck Daddy is t- texting me saying we should have him on right now. I think he's joking, but if What's he calls, you call? he he should just answer the phone.
0: We should have Josh on at some point. We'll get Josh on. <laughs> do we not have him
2: on one at one? Who, no. Who do we, no, who do we have to do in
0: We've We've never even had anybody from Puck Daddy on, at That's think. true. But I don't watch The Bachelor, and I feel like Josh does, so... I feel like I'd have to, like, watch 10 seasons of it. The reason I feel like Josh does is because he tweets about it, so I'm not, like, making this up. I'm just going to have to watch 10 seasons of of backlog of of The Bachelor. Uh, Okay, so Montreal. Back-to-back shutout losses coming into this game tonight. They're in town uh, against the Coyotes. I, I, I just... I mean, this team's going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win that division. They're going to be a tough out in a seven-game series with Carey Price, but they've got issues, and I don't know that that's anything shocking to anybody outside of Montreal.
1: No, I agree with that. I we, we, We've we outlined those from, from the start of the season, that, that I think this is a team that maybe plays above its ability, and Carey Price is a big part of that. but. Lately, 3-6-2 in their last 11, their their lead over Ottawa and Toronto, as we noted, has slipped to eight points, and the Senators have four games in hand, maybe Maple Leafs have three. I, did they? This team has to make a move, don't they? They have to do yes. something at the deadline. But
0: I'm not even really fully sure what that move is. Neither means. am I. That's a,
1: that's what we, were, we were all wondering yeah. about this, actually, because you can see, you can make arguments at, at, for, for different positions on this team. Because
2: they're so streaky, that's the problem. There's a, There are weeks where they just put up boatloads of offense, and you're like, wow, they... This team is clicking on all cylinders. They have Carey Price. They're putting up goals. Nothing to worry about. And then they have weeks like this where they can't buy a goal even from their stars. So, what do you, I mean, how do, you, how do you buy consistency? I mean, that, that's that's the difficult part.
0: If, if you just go by points per game, it, not like goals per game, but actual points in the standings per game, uh, they're eighth in the NHL right now. They're behind four teams from the Metro. Well, four of the top five are in the Metro.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, in in a season when there's all these bye weeks and the condensed schedule, and some teams have played three, four, or five more games than other teams, that's that's worth looking at because they're not they're basically the same as the Oilers and the Ducks, and not that far ahead of Ottawa and Toronto. So it's they're not quite as dominant as they have looked if you just quickly glance at the standings. And obviously, they were much more dominant earlier this season. But you're right. I mean, if if the good Montreal shows up for a seven game series, they could be a real problem for almost anybody. But bad Montreal could lose to almost anybody.
1: Right. They have 21 goals in their last 11 games. Ten of them came in two games. That seems like an issue. That's insane. Especially when you just lost to Colorado. That's yeah. 11 goals in the nine other games. That's not going to win you too many hockey games. No. I mean, they, they
2: have the great equalizer in Carey Price, but at some point... You're going to have to put goals in the back of the net on consistency. So, is it
1: scoring? I mean, are they looking for a scoring winger? I mean, it has I, to be. We've, we've talked a lot about their center position, but I don't know that you can address that. I don't know. Yeah, defense. I don't
2: know what's out there for them to grab. The Bruins don't have a franchise center that they're willing to trade at the moment. They could take the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you what a tell? jerk? What a jerk! They uh, should they, so they,
1: trade Patrice Bergeron. He'd love to go to Montreal.
0: They could take Claude Julien. That's, that's the coolest part of the Boston thing. When they fire Claude Julien, now every time Montreal loses, everybody in Montreal is like, hey, eh, maybe we should. Like They basically caused a coaching controversy for their rivals who happened to be in first place. Maybe that's why they fired them.
2: Yeah. Just to screw with Montreal. Also, Montreal
0: does not need a reason to have a coaching controversy. They,
2: they do it all on their own just fine.
0: That's true. That's not even like adding fuel to fire. That's just like putting more fire on fire. Uh, Montreal's last four games, a 4-0 loss at Colorado, it, somebody, is ca- somebody is literally calling into the show, and I don't know who it is.
1: Do we have a phone call?
0: All right. I'm just going to put these headphones on. This is this is not staged. We don't know who it is. Maybe Craig does. Josh,
1: is that you? This
3: is
0: Josh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think this is our
1: first impromptu guest on the Today's Slapshot podcast. It's like a live The Natty podcast. Hattie podcast.
0: Are, are you going to introduce him so people know who he is?
1: Josh, everyone knows who Josh, do you not know who Josh Cooper is? I know people? who he is, but all you
0: said was Josh. You didn't say his last name.
1: Well, we were just talking about him five minutes it ago.
0: He could be Josh Juris, for all we know. <laughs> all all
1: right. right, go ahead, Luke. What I don't want to, want to steal it? your
0: thought. No, you, this, this, this is your thing. It's Joshua Cooper of Puck Daddy calling in. Josh, hey how are you doing? What's
1: hey. up, man?
3: Oh, I'm, I'm great. It's uh, probably uh, been a crazy stretch here for you guys, though, uh, since last Friday. I don't know uh, what you're I'm talking about. I, I mean, I was talking about Larry Fitzgerald going on the ice with the Coyotes. I, <laughs> I, I have nothing. I mean, that's, that, that was the crazy thing that I thought of.
1: Can you, can you deliver that line, since you're here anyway? I don't want to steal your thunder, but I laughed, I laughed so hard when you said that.
3: Oh, we, he was like Bambi on
1: ice. <laughs> I mean, <yeah. laughs> I, I told the Coyotes that, by the way, today. They liked it yeah, as well.
3: <laughs> I mean, he, he looked he, – he, he, normally when you see athletes go on ice, I mean, you could tell that Larry Fitzgerald is a very coordinated guy, but I mean, you could also really tell he had never skated before. And I'm sure the Cardinals were watching that whole thing in horror as he was trying to navigate his way, I guess, through an ice rink. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's it's tough to skate for the first time, but I mean, the fact that he was able to get off. A shot like he did, a one timer, skating with a one timer. Yeah, I mean that's, that's pretty incredible. It shows that he's got some pretty good hands, which I think we all knew already.
1: Yeah, we, we kind of did, but. <laughs>
0: well, and then Shane Doan was not during the one timers, but earlier he was definitely throwing passes intentionally into his skates to see if he could catch them.
1: Which is. Are you sure that because uh, Tyson Nash was all over him for that, saying "Put it on the tape," and yeah. don't, don't said, "No, I have to get him used to playing with me." <laughs> 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 uh... So Josh, uh, to what do we owe this pleasure? You calling in?
3: Well, the uh, situation with the Coyotes, as far as the Glendale Stars report. That, oh, that. Uh, yes, yeah, that. I'm sure you guys have, have. you talked about that yet? We were uh, uh, just getting
1: ready to launch that, so your your timing's impeccable.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the report that uh, there. I guess that team officials were in both Seattle and Portland, uh, looking at the arenas. Uh, a report that was immediately shot down by the coyotes right away and then the team completely went on the offensive today uh basically um summoning up the trump administration and kellyanne conway's alternative fact uh <laughs> comment and i guess the other stuff that they've done not trying to get political but just it's a fact it's what anthony leblanc said um and just basically saying that it, it was not true and I mean, as, as a guy who isn't based in Arizona, and I'm watching this, but someone who is in Ari- or who has gone to Arizona and seen the market there, I mean, to me, tell me if I'm wrong, guys, but in the right situation, this can work, right? I mean, the Coyotes in Arizona. You guys have a really rabid sports market there. You have, I mean, lots of space. It's just getting this gang arena built in the right location. Like, I mean, is this, am I
1: accurate on this? Well, I I think location's a big part of this. I I do think they need to be closer to their fan base, to the population base, to the wealth base of the city. And I think pretty much everybody who's analyzed the situation agrees on that. But you also have to have a competitive team in this market. This market does not do well with, uh, and it showing up with the Diamondbacks and the Suns as well. They're not gonna turn out and support you if you're not putting a good team on the court or the field or on the ice. They're trending maybe in that direction with some of their youth. There's still some question marks there. But, yeah, this location, this thing has to be solved at some point soon. On the flip side, getting back to the the origin of what we're talking about here.
0: Well, hold on. Let me jump in with location. Just for for Josh to say that, and Josh has been to Phoenix, obviously, but he doesn't live here, it's refreshing because there are people nationally that when when they were looking to build this team or the arena at Arizona State, it was like a five-minute difference or a 10-mile difference. It, it's potentially a two-and-a-half-hour drive on most weeknights. And, and when I say potentially, I mean is, actually. So it's, it's refreshing okay. to hear somebody outside the city say that.
1: Let me give you a – I live in Gilbert, which is southeast of the city. And, and for me, to get to Gila River Arena, it's 50 miles one way. Now, on weeknights, when there's traffic, it's, it's a roll of the dice how long it's going to take me. It, it has taken me more than two hours to get to the arena. It's gotten so bad – that Dave Vest, who you know who works for the Arizona Coyotes, has recommended this crazy southern route where I drive across the reservation between two mountain ranges and miraculously come out on the west side, and it's a guaranteed hour, 15-minute commute. Yeah, I don't trust that.
3: You guys should download Waze. (laughs) Oh, I have Waze. I love Waze. (laughs) But there's no way to get <laughs> but, through
1: the core of this city uh, right. during traffic and, and, and have it happen quickly. Yeah, when
0: you type in Gila River Arena from Craig's house on Waze, it just says good luck and then it shuts itself down. <laughs> well,
3: but, and, and that's also, that's a Western United States thing, too. I mean, I live in Los Angeles and, I mean, you deal with, I mean, everyone knows about the traffic here, but, I mean, everything in this region of the country is so spread out, with the exception of maybe San Francisco, that that you have these long commutes and if something is not in the right location, it's not going to work. And the other thing, too, and I think a lot of people, especially in Canada, don't realize is you guys live in a place that has really great weather during the winter. Yep. And so there's a lot of competition for that, that entertainment dollar, not just from other entities around there, sporting entities like the Suns, for example, but also from things where you don't have to pay, like hiking or biking or or any outdoor activities because if you're, I mean, it's hard to say I'm gonna spend an afternoon game at Gila River Arena versus I'm going to go and sit by the pool in 70 degree weather. I mean, it's it's, it's really hard to compete with that as well as all the other sporting entities. It's
1: absolutely true. And that's, uh, uh, again, the location is a, a key factor there. But then again, having a competitive product is is another key factor because people do have all those choices. Yeah, it's it's beautiful out right now. Do I wanna go to a hockey game? Do I wanna go for a hike? I have lots of options to choose from.
0: Look, if this team was located around the hockey, the majority of the hockey fan base in this city, and they were winning a playoff series or two every other year, and they were struggling attendance-wise, I think it would be a completely different story. But we haven't seen them in the best, uh, we haven't seen them really get a fair shot, ironically, (laughs) ever since they've been here. I mean, when they were downtown, that was great, but you couldn't see half the ice. we're talking to Josh Cooper of Puck Daddy, at Joshua Cooper on Twitter. Josh, you, you have an interesting perspective here. I've always, this, I, this is, you're the right person to ask this question to. You used to be a beat writer for the Nashville Predators. And now, obviously, you're doing national writing for Puck Daddy. When you're, when you're covering something from a national perspective, like how difficult is that to sort of sift through what is actual true news and what isn't? Because you're not, you're not in every city in the U.S., obviously.
3: Well, it, it's hard. And, and I have a lot of reporters that I lean on in different locations uh, to talk to about news, I, I, I probably should have leaned harder on, on you, Craig, <laughs> for, for this story, and I apologize, but uh, but I generally try to do that, to kind of sift through it, and and generally, I mean, we, we have a pretty good grasp on it, and, and this was something, this story about the arena tour was something that um, you know, that, that was done by an entity that was that is a, you know, a, a, I guess, I don't know if it's a for profit. I don't know much about it, but, um, but it was a newspaper, whether it was a weekly community newspaper or not, it was a newspaper. So you have to rely on something like that. It kind of went viral with, um, Deadspin picking it up and a few other entities as well. And then the coyotes had to release a statement on it. But, um, and I guess that's sort of where we were going with this, but I mean, I, I do rely on a lot of what's going on locally. I mean, I know with the coyotes, I know a lot of people in the organization, I ask about it, and, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest issue with something like this is that we've seen so many times, um, you know, the Coyotes come out with strongly worded statements about something and then it doesn't happen or, or something else. I mean, it, it almost kind of felt like Groundhog Day with this. We've, we've seen these rumors of them potentially moving to Seattle. Um, so I, I, I think that you sort of rely on, history and what's happened before. And uh, in this case, it was it was an entity that's a, that's a newspaper that you expect goes through a uh, fact-checking process and a, <laughs> and a sourcing process that you have to uh, go through editorial to, to get, uh, I guess, to sort of pass muster.
1: Yeah, and this, let's be clear. You guys don't have the resources to be checking the verity of every report that, that you're That you're putting out there, I I understand that. I don't think anybody expects that. So yeah, it's it's it has to be frustrating from your perspective to think that you can rely on what we call a newspaper here to 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 adhere to basic standards of journalism that you know that where you can at least report this with some comfort. In this case, I'm sure you saw the tweets from Jeff Baker from the Seattle Times earlier this morning. It took him probably all of an hour once once he got on the case this morning to show that the, there was nobody from the Coyotes on the tour. In fact, he, he tweeted the ledger of everyone that went on that tour, and there are no Coyotes representatives on that tour. So how the Glendale Star arrived at the information it did, I don't know. I can't speak to what who they spoke to or how they got this information, but at this point, it, it looks pretty suspect.
3: Well, the other thing, too, is if the team really was potentially looking at moving to Seattle or Portland, I don't think Anthony LeBlanc would come out and say what he'd say. I think that you kind of use your bully pulpit at that point and say, "Yeah, this could be an option," and then maybe it leads. You know, you, you. you I don't think that it was in his best interest if they were really looking at moving uh, or using that as a gambit to to come out and and be so strongly worded about, you know, we're staying in Arizona. I mean, in some regards, you kind of use it as leverage, perhaps. So, you know, I, I, there was a lot of stuff that didn't make a lot of sense, and on top of that. Um, you Know the fact that the supposed arena tour uh happened while they were in agreement with Arizona State that they were going to build an arena with them. And LeBlanc today um uh, said on 98 7, 98 7, it's, it's your, your station, um, that he was blindsided by the news. And I mean, it's it all is just kind of confusing. And uh, you know, I know. I mean, look, the Coyotes have had their share of issues. Some of it, they've, they've done it to themselves. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're not a perfect organization by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, it seems from what I've been able to tell that this is something they shouldn't have been dealing with. And especially now with them having somewhat stable ownership and, and some inroads in various locations to build another arena, it just feels like, like I almost feel bad for them. They had to deal with this. Um, because especially in today's climate where we do have almost this crisis of confidence with what is a uh, real news report and what isn't to sort of have to come out and say that's fake news. I mean, it's almost, it, it's gotta just be just very frustrating just in general. And, and it's, um, you know, it, it makes you know, me, for example, feel like I have to be more vigilant about, about stuff just because who knows um, where stuff comes out. Now, again, as you mentioned and we don't know where they got their information. It could have been, you know, this whole thing, they could be right for all we know. I have no idea. But every indication is that that's not the case. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's almost this crazy group of factors between the media climate, what happened with the Codys last Friday, and everything that sort of happened in between. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a very interesting situation.
1: Yeah. And we've seen this cycle play out. It's, it's funny how you, it's, it's almost you can predict what's going to come next when, when, when some bad news comes out about the Coyotes okay what are we going to hear next we're going to hear the relocation rumors we're going to hear those sorts of stories again we're going to hear all sorts of other problems underlying problems present with the Coyotes right after bad news comes out it's, it is you can, it, you can almost set your clock by it so I, I guess the well, next thing we should be looking for is, is news from north of the border yeah.
3: well the other thing though and, and it's, it's a sort of a, and granted I, I love Seattle I think it's, it's Really, it could be a fantastic hockey market. but Agreed. They're having their own issues with building an arena. Yes. And I mean, it's, you read—I think it's the Sonic Arena or something like that. Um, it just sort of goes through the process of where they are and where they've been. And I mean, they—they're having trouble getting like like one block uh, zoned for the arena right. in downtown Seattle. It's been that way for months. I mean, this isn't this isn't something that that that's been. That that can be rectified easily. They're having some issues too, and I think that that goes to something that Anthony LeBlanc said earlier today. That um, you know, it's not like a it's not like going to Seattle is a better uh, situation for the Coyotes than being in Arizona. That this is where they are. I mean, unless maybe they go to Quebec City, which is a whole other can of worms. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, that that could happen in another situation, but uh, not with the Coyotes. But um, you know, it's, it's the best market for them right now. And this is, I, I don't think anywhere else in the United States makes as much sense for them as, as their current market at the moment.
0: I feel like somebody north of the border is going to isolate the clip where he said Quebec City, and they're going to say Josh Cooper just broke news that the Coyotes are moving to Quebec City. I think that's no,
3: oh God, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I'm, I'm just saying like that is, the NHL, and they're very smart about this, they, they look at history, they see what works, they see what doesn't work. And I think one of the things that um, did work was the moving of the Atlanta Thrashers to Winnipeg. And so when you have a market in your back pocket to say, okay, we can move a, a failing organization to this market, then, I mean, that, Quebec City would make the most sense. They'd have at least a very, even though you lose kind of the TV revenue from a big market uh, in the United States, you'd still gain a lot of gait fan-wise. However, I mean, when I look at struggling teams in the NHL, I mean, I I look at, for example, the Carolina Hurricanes being definitely much higher on the list than the Coyotes just because we don't know what's going on with their ownership situation. They have an arena that's in a very difficult spot, and – their fan interest to me is it's a much smaller market, too. I mean, you—what what is uh, Phoenix? What's the 12th biggest market in the country or something like that? Yeah, in terms of I mean, media markets massive.
1: and sixth largest yeah. city in the U.S., yeah. It's,
3: exactly. It's massive. You have the NFL there. You have MLB. You have the NBA. I mean, Carolina, the NHL is the only pro game in town. You don't have anything else unless you want to count NC State, Duke, or UNC as pro basketball, which I guess for UNC it could be. That was a joke. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I mean it's uh, you, you look at it that's the only that's really they're the only pro game in town. it's always seemed like it's in a very strange fit there just in general based on the market size and just sort of the interest in, in hockey in the Carolina area. So I mean to me that if you want to look move an organization they'd be higher up but I mean, again, all the other thing, too, that, that's sort of in play here is that the NHL is always very, very good at trying to keep teams in markets where they're located. That's absolutely and true. And I
1: think that's, that's a, a key point here. When people talk about the fact that the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg, they did not have an ownership group that would buy the team and keep them in Atlanta. It simply didn't exist. So there was no other option but then to move them. They don't have that problem here. And Gary Bettman, as you know, as well as anyone, has a whole lot of political capital invested in this particular organization and keeping it in Arizona. So I don't think he's going to give up that fight until every last option is exhausted in this market.
3: And, and, and I think that that's sort of a credit to the league because I like that, the way they do that, because I think they know what happens to, I mean, it's just the difficulty with markets when a team moves. It's bad. It's bad for the market. Yep. And it's bad for the fan base in the market. And the NHL doesn't want to do it. I mean, look... When I look at teams, and you mentioned the winning element of it, I think that that's pretty key because the Florida Panthers are not in a great location where their building is. I mean, Sunrise, it's really, Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about how Glendale is sort of in the middle of nowhere to some degree. Sunrise is much more so to me in the middle of nowhere. I think it's actually right next to the Everglades, um, technically speaking, though it is sort of a built-up area around there. And they're winning, and they have been doing better of late. There's pretty much no more relocation rumors around that organization. And it's, I mean, they have a new lease. They've got the right people in charge there doing the right types of things. I mean, Peter Lucco is they hired him from the Philadelphia Flyers to sort of run things there. I think he's the team president, or he's definitely one of the governors there. And he's done a tremendous job with sort of working on various elements there. And, and, and I think that that's sort of the way the league looks at it is you don't want to leave these mega big sunbelt markets that we've that we've moved into between, whether it be Arizona or Florida or wherever else, they want to stay in these places. And I, I think that overall they see it as beneficial for the league, and I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: Before we let Josh go, can I ask him the Blackhawks question that we ask every <laughs> guest on the show? Do you have anything Uh-oh. else on the Coyotes before I ask him this?
1: No, I think I'm... I'm through talking about this issue for a okay. while okay well yeah until <laughs> the next at time you go on vacation at least, yeah exactly and then more news breaks
0: uh okay josh this has been the a raging debate all season that will get resolved i guess in may but you can you can chime in here if you look at the chicago blackhawks right now do you see this as a team that's capable of winning the western conference this year looking at the rest of the western conference as well
3: oh totally thank you anytime you, you have johnson Dave and patrick kane you have a chance to win do i think that they're the best team in the West talent-wise right now? No, I don't think so. I think I could say the Minnesota Wild are better. I do love the San Jose Sharks as far as what they bring, but I'll never forget uh, back in 2015, I don't think any of us really saw the Blackhawks going far in the playoffs, and then they won the Stanley Cup. So, that team, that year, to me, really solidified them as the never sleep on the Blackhawks, or I guess solidified my mindset as never sleep on the Blackhawks, because That they weren't, they didn't go in the playoffs, they didn't seem that good. And then all of a sudden, Duncan Keith, who was a great player, went from having an okay season to turning into basically Bobby Orr incarnate for about a month and and carried this team to the Stanley Cup. So I I personally think it it certainly would, again, do I think they're the best team in the West right now? No. Would it shock me if they won the Stanley Cup? Absolutely not. I mean, You know, I, I may even pick them coming out of the West. Oh, now nah, you're killing played. me. Do you know what's at stake here?
1: Do you know what's at stake what, what, here? What? If the Blackhawks, who, but, you know, by the way, I grew up in Chicago, and I, I have a vested interest in the Blackhawks. I just don't believe and that. it's
0: clouding your judgment. Well,
1: I, perhaps. And lately the, uh, the play of the uh, bottom six is, is scaring me because I may lose this bet because they got all their offense in Minnesota from the bottom six last night. I have to wear an Eric Carlson wig if the Blackhawks make the Cup Finals. Yeah, they don't
0: have to win. They just have to make, it out, have to make it out of
1: the West. And just have to make it out of the West. And that's a whole other story that would take too long to explain the Eric Carlson wig. Well, well, Another time. Here's,
3: but. The thing, here's the thing, though, and this is sort of the way I look at the Eric Carlson-Drew Dowdy debate, which has kind of been shoved aside this year for the Brent Burns crowning as the best defense in the NHL, is which defenseman looks more like a pirate, Drew Dowdy <laughs> or Eric Carlson? <laughs> That's a great
0: question. And, and really, doesn't Justin Falk look just like Drew Doughty and nobody talks about it? He's looking more and more like it. Like, at the All-Star game, I was getting confused.
3: You know, when you look at old photos of Drew Doughty, it's like he hockey-fied right in front of us <laughs> over the years. It's like... he It's almost like he became a mix of an old-school hockey player and Captain Jack Sparrow, like, right in front of me. Whereas Carlton is kind of morphed into this sort of more male model type. I mean, Doughty... Saudi is, uh, I could see him being an extra in Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, you know, and him holding a hockey stick in that movie. And he just, he looks like a hockey-playing pirate. And I I feel it as a compliment to him. I mean, he looks very (laughs) hockey-like. And he's also a, for me, I mean, he's a great quote. He's a good guy to go to in the the King's locker room and really gets the media game. So I hope he doesn't get upset at me. I think that's Uh, the highest compliment compliment, you can give somebody, really. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Should we have Jamie say hi to Josh before we let him go? Yeah,
1: Jamie's <laughs> actually here, believe it or not. I don't yeah. know. He was like rearranging drawers. I
2: spent the first ten minutes trying to plug in my headset. He did so... like the feng shui in the studio. Yeah.
3: <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> and hi and bye. Yeah. Well, well one, thing, one more thing that's really great about this podcast is that uh, last night I was on a Winnipeg podcast or radio show talking about The Bachelor, so now I'm talking about Pirates. So we, we've now hit run the gamut of things I could talk about. So we thanks, wa-
0: I brought this up before you called in. I, I said if you called in, we were going to have to talk to you about The Bachelor, but no, I haven't seen it.
1: We have to get Sarah McClellan on this, too. The yeah, two of them can go at it. That's true. You that's guys are much podcast. more informed than we are. Yeah.
3: Okay. I would love this. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Josh, Thank you Thanks, Josh. All right, take care. Bye. That's
0: Joshua Cooper of Puck Daddy. Again, you can find him on, on uh, Twitter, at Joshua Cooper. You know, I, I asked that question, and I, I didn't. Necessarily intend for it to come across specifically on on arena news with the Coyotes, but Josh used to be a beat writer, and you and I have discussed this on the show before, Craig. When you're when you're a beat writer, or when you're talking to a beat writer, they know every single little nuance about a team. Not not even just arena. I mean, trade rumors this time of year, and yet when you're trying to cover every team nationally, there's there's just no way you can know every little thing. I, I'm sure, and Puck Daddy does probably the best job of anybody out there, honestly, with with, with uh, regards to to being about as accurate as you can, but yeah it's
1: more than aggregation what they do i I, yeah. I like their model as much as anyone's because they they spin the story forward. they do analysis on it they do, they do a lot with it It's just not regurgitation of what you're hearing elsewhere. but it's still, it still it points out this this troublesome part of journalism when you see a report like the Glendale Star hat out there and you just run it you've in some ways you've you've given it credibility and even and, and greg did if you read what he posted on it, he said he even said there was a clause if this report is true. Yeah. So he's acknowledging that it might not be true, but it's still, you know, people don't. Unfortunately, they don't see that nuance in the story. They see the headline, and and it just gets swept away. And suddenly, the Coyotes are touring Seattle and Portland. At
0: a certain point, that's got to be on the reader too, right? Like, it's, sure, it, don't we have yes. to evolve as, as readers? If,
1: if you're asking a whole lot now, you're well, you're right, but. But what is your responsibility then, as as the company that's providing the product? Okay, understanding your audience, right? We talk about that all the time. Knowing your audience in journalism, if you know that they're going to read that way, how do you mitigate that? How do you make sure that what you're putting out there has the proper qualifiers, or, or make sure that they know that this this story may not be true. This is this is a report that hasn't been verified yet. How, how do you do that? But you know, if, if you have a responsibility to do
0: that. If you're trying to get across the point that this story may not be true, I think saying this story may not be true should probably be good enough for people. You, you, you would think. You
2: would think, but you you watch the news. Yeah, I guess. That's I mean, true. I mean, that's I mean, that's this is a debate that's going on well beyond the sports world. Of you know, we talked talked a little bit about with CNN. Should they have Kellyanne Conway on? And they lasted all of about one day into their integrity ban, and then they gave up.
0: <laughs> Jamie just used the phrase integrity ban. I feel like we've we've talked about something bigger than Eric Carlson's hair on the show this week.
2: <laughs> I but I maybe mean, I mean, it's on. true. I mean that, that that's that's the you know it, it's the, the give and take and it's tough. You because know, like in my position, we didn't write that story, but I know people around the Coyotes very well. I know who the author of that story was, so I knew what to trust and what not to. But if that happens with the Jacksonville Jaguars and right. it's it's you know it's picked up by let's say Florio and Pro Football Talk, yeah. which is again the NBC version of what yeah. uh, what Pro Hockey Talk is. It's tough to okay. Well, maybe I don't know that as well. It's such a difficult fine line to. Yep, turn and there's across. that
1: there's that there's also that fear. Okay, somebody else, some other major national outlet is reporting this. We 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 feel like we got to do something. Yeah, with it, this. it gives
2: it credibility almost yep. within the industry.
1: Deadspin had it. Uh, well, yeah. I mean you can. Dead Deadspin is an entirely different That's thing. Right, but. Yeah, but-
2: but I mean, it goes but still,
1: through. a massive audience, yeah. right?
0: The, the louder you say something, whether it's accurate or not. like this is Again, we've talked about this on this show before, too, and certainly off the air a lot. If you say something that isn't true, but you say it loud enough and reach enough people with it, even you if you... Become president? Then, you, <laughs> wow. Even if you then retract it a week later, you know, 20% of the people that, that believe the initial story are even taking the time to right. read the
1: retraction. That's absolutely true. And, and I, I wish there were... I wish there were certain things that, that we would do in this business. When, when you see a report like this and you see an unnamed spokesperson for Key Arena, I, I mean, I had three questions immediately when reading this story. Why isn't the spokesperson named? And I don't see anything saying they requested anonymity. So why is, why is this person not named?
2: And if this, they're requesting m M&M, and well, I'm not even trying to say that. I just screwed that up. If they're requesting More M&M's. Than, yeah. But if they're requesting for their name to be withheld, Saying a key arena representative, that is a lot of information to throw out there.
0: Yeah, that's I true. Mean, how, I mean,
2: how many of those people are there, what, two or three PR people? Yeah. Right. So it's not like you're, you're giving them that much shield. The people that, that you don't want
0: to know if you're a real person can figure it out. Yeah. And, and your typical reader who doesn't really care.
1: So uh, so then, why wasn't the person named? I, yeah. I, I, that troubles me. And, and with the information that was given out, well, so what? I mean – so what yeah. they they clearly, as as Jeff Baker from the Seattle Times found out yeah they 'll release the ledger of who was on that tour very quickly, very easily, so why would that person be at all hesitant to give their name in that instance? Did they request anonymity, and the reporter forgot to mention it in the story okay. and then let 's talk about the time frame. It happened within the last three months, but the source the the spokesperson quoted only said quote recently well if i've got the, if i 've got that person on the phone." My next question is, what do you mean by recently? Yeah. I mean, you know, so can you give me the date? Is that harmful in any way? That's, that's a logical follow-up question. And then, what does officials in Seattle and Portland say that a tour took place, in, uh, 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 citing the uh, Portland tour, that was the only sourcing on it? Officials in Portland. Officials of what? Of what organization? Of the city? Of Tim some Peel. gas station? I mean, seriously? <laughs> can we be a little more specific than that? that's just brutal journalism that's what that is it's brutal journalism
2: by someone who has not the first second or third time this has happened well yes and i don't want to i know
0: we're talking about this story but i'm just i'm taking a step back and looking at even the broader picture and i'm not accusing anybody who wrote this story specifically of this but you can just make stuff up or somebody can just make stuff up to you as a source and in today's day and age there is really no accountability. Because well, there was, though,
1: in this instance. And look how easy it was for Jeff yeah. Baker to follow up and say, hey, is there any truth to this? Oh, here's the ledger of everybody who was on that tour. No Coyote officials.
0: Well, and again, that's why I'm not saying just specifically this story. But in the Internet age, somebody sure. could just oh, make sure. stuff up, and there's layers and layers of anonymity. And then you get on social media, and it doesn't even, there are no repercussions. Yeah. But specifically to this story, you know, that's, that's a reporter from Seattle who you would figure if he has an agenda he would say, okay, yeah, no, there was somebody here, or whatever, he wouldn't be so quick to dismiss it. That, to me, is is what journalism is supposed to be. That is just unbiased
1: facts. He just did fact-checking. And he did it quickly and easily.
2: Yeah, he asked a question. Why aren't more people doing this? I don't know. I don't don't know. All I know is, again, Dale Jackson was one of the first reporters I met when I started covering the Coyotes. The next time I see him at a Coyotes game will be the first time I've seen him there in four and a half years. Take that for what it's worth.
0: It's worth something. Uh, all right, that was the fake news, yeah,
2: portion of the story. Yes, and thanks to Josh for calling. Sponsored in. Sponsored by uh, uh, Ivanka Trump's clothing line. <laughs> wow.
0: There's a lot of political narrative coming from that
1: side of the. Well, road. there's an obvious tie here after Anthony LeBlanc dropped Kellyanne Conway's yes. yep. name on the air this That's morning. True. He did. So, he, he you know, we were did. talking about the Blackhawks earlier, and just to get back to this, uh, and I admit. Uh, there are some chinks in my armor right now. i'm I'm a little concerned, <laughs> happy at the same time. I love that, this I bet mean, that, that,
0: because it's made you. You can't yeah, even. Enjoy
1: I can't it. decide where i Yeah, I can't enjoy it because I might lose this bet and I might have to wear an Eric Carlson win, which, I'm not sure how that works on a podcast. Nobody's going to see me, any, although I'm sure you guys. You're will, staring right at a camera. You'll find a way on. for people to see me, oh, I'm sure. first
0: of all, there will be a large mural on one of these walls <laughs> that will be up for a year. And yes, yeah. everybody at radio stations around this town will have well, a picture. Well, what, you see
2: what happens is we need a picture to replace the vodka mural that's in the, the workroom. <laughs> yes. So we, we need a new one. <laughs> you
0: just doing a full hair flip oh, with the
1: Eric Carlson wow. wig. Oh, God. No, no video, please. No, there there will be video. Don't you uh, worry about that.
0: Hey, you know what? Before you go off on your Blackhawks thing, Josh brought up the Larry Fitzgerald uh, trip out to Glendale to, to skate, and Craig was there, and I was there. And, and Jamie... you
2: can read about it at com. Yeah,
0: see? So, in a way, was Jamie was also there. Um, what'd you think of that? It was fun. I thought it was pretty fun.
2: Yeah, I was just.
1: It, it, obviously, he, he hadn't skated before, and <laughs> you set, could tell he, he hadn't much. skated before. Yeah, there was, Fitz wasn't, like, trying to pretend, oh, yeah, I, I got this. No, but first of all, what Shane said, when I, when I thought about it, I thought, you know what, he's right, because I, I think about everybody that steps on the ice for the first time on ice skates. Yeah, they're hanging onto the boards, and they're just walking yeah. around the arena. Fitz just went right out to center ice, and granted, he couldn't move that well, but he could move, and when Shane passed him the puck... You, you remembered, oh, yeah, he, he's got a really good set of hands. It,
0: it was, it was, it's, it's unreal. I mean, I would assume most people that are listening to this podcast have been on the ice at some point in their life. But if you haven't, I mean, it's not, it's not just a given that you're going to be able to fire a one-timer and never on your first time on the ice. Or even if, if you've got the hands. Like he's obviously one of the best receivers in NFL history. This is Larry Fitzgerald we're talking about right. in case people somehow missed it. Um, you know, even if he can, has the hand-eye coordination to get the shot off, then you fall.
1: Right, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's what happens with most people. If you actually make contact with a bug and it happens to go in the net... As Fitz's shot did, yeah. yeah, you're going on your butt next. That's what's happening because the follow-through throws you completely off balance. You're not used to balancing on skates. And he, he's a size 14, 15 shoes, so they had to get him rental skates. <laughs> yes, that Appara- was great.
0: Apparently, this was his idea. He
1: which... did drop a little shot at hockey players, by the way. I don't know if you heard that. Apparently, hockey players don't have big feet. <laughs> he, he did. He did mention that. It's like a Donald Trump comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you, you guys have both been around professional athletes in all the sports especially in in the nfl and he's such a high profile person i i don't know i found it refreshing that he was if it really was his idea which it sounds like it was that he was willing to go out there and potentially look like a fool with a bunch of people with cameras there was like 60 people there taking pictures if he fell that picture would have been oh everywhere. exactly you're
1: absolutely right yeah he,
0: he didn't care yeah i mean yeah. he didn't want to fall i know you know craig referenced tyson heckling uh shane from the sidelines or when he came over to the bench, me and Tyson were on the bench, and he had this look like he was a five-year-old on the ice for the first time. He's like, I did it the whole time. I didn't fall. And all I could think was he's three feet away from the boards, and this is when people usually fall their first time on the ice. They right. think they've made it. Right. But, you know, if you're, if you're a two-foot, I guess, I don't know, how, how tall are six-year-olds? Is that like two, yeah. three feet tall. Three Maybe feet not tall, two feet. Yeah. yeah. That'd be kind of short. If you fall, it hurts. If you're Larry Fitzgerald and you fall, it's really going to hurt. That's right. And as guy. Josh
1: just brought up, the Cardinals are panicked at that point. Oh, yeah. Don't injure – just please don't injure yourself. Three,
0: three days after announcing he's coming back for right. one more yeah. yeah. time. ACL, <laughs>
1: skating oh. with Shane Doan. He's out two, for the two season. Two days
2: before his contract became guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people there holding their breath. See, now the Cardinals and Coyotes can fight about something other than parking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, wow. Uh, all
0: right.
2: <laughs> <little bit> <laughs> We're just go. like to derailing every segment at the very, very end. That's why you're here. It's, it's kind of like a transition. Luke segues on hard mode.
1: I have no no segue from derailing to the Blackhawks. I can't figure out how to get there. You got me here? No, mm, can't pick me up. No, I can't. Okay. No. I, I think that we're starting to see that you may have been wrong about the Blackhawks. He, I watched that. You said you watched that game last night as well?
0: I, I actually, I didn't see the Parisi play live. I, had, I went back and, and watched the, the blown offside.
1: Offside, game yeah. Game. It was brutal, actually. Yeah, it, it was. It was an and every, everybody's acknowledged it now that yes. it was, they just blew it. So the Blackhawks probably, you don't, you don't know how a game's going to play out, but they... They Might have missed a regulation win, which means something because they're chasing the wild for first place in the central. But when you look at where the Blackhawks offense came from now, granted, Jonathan Taves had a, a really good game and has been he's
0: been better inc-
1: though, oh, he's been incredible lately, yeah. which is another reason to think, Wow, if he's turning up his game, maybe they're going to be okay because he's he's bruising offensively. But they're bottom six, they're getting production, Ryan Hartman. Has a lot of goals this season. He's not being talked about. He's not going to be in the Calder conversation because he doesn't have the points. But he's got a lot of goals. He's really living up to who they thought he'd be. He's he's producing more than Andrew Shaw was. He's Andrew Shaw's replacement. And he's producing more.
2: And I think that's the most encouraging thing, right? I think we all thought you know Taves would get it figured out eventually, whether it's the combination of of his game versus the the players they've been putting around him. It's the depth that concerns us both, both in forward and on defense. And if that depth can perform well as right. the season goes in into the postseason. You've that got Schmaltz the,
1: contributing. Yeah. You've got Henestrosa co- contributing. Those were the question marks. Richard Ponick. Now, now, if Stan Bowman does go out and make a move, and pretty much nobody believes him when he says he's not going to make a move, it's interesting.
0: Well, he'll make Even Bob
1: moves. McKenzie was talking about that. As, as soon as that was brought up last night on the air, he just laughed. He said, yeah, nobody believes him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh,
0: I hate you both so much right now because, again, my whole basis to my argument was that the West is wide open, that the Blackhawks were near the top even without Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane really producing like they can, and that I, none of these young guys, like you said, Craig, are going to win the Calder, but they don't have to. They're going to get better as the year goes on, and Joel Quenville is the best coach in the NHL.
1: He just might be. I mean, I'm seeing he these is. guys produce now on a nightly basis, and it's... It's it's startling to me. I didn't I didn't think that they would be this far along this soon. I in thought the they would have to wait for two months. Yeah, so they got a chance to fine tune it. Maybe maybe you add that left wing, or maybe you add a right wing for Jonathan Taves and move Marion Hosa down to that third line like you'd like to. Maybe you add a scoring right wing. I don't know what they're going to do. I had a good conversation with Eddie Olchek when he was in town the other night, and as as you know, in addition to his national duties, he's. He does uh, color commentary for Comcast Chicago. And and the attitude around there is Stan Bowman has to make a move. It's not the message you can send to that team. When you know your cup window is only going to be open a few more years, you need to make these moves. You need to keep going for it. So I think everyone around there expects him to do something.
0: You should actually have to grow your hair out like Harold Carlson, not even a wig at this point. If, wow. like, if they win the cup, you should have to grow it all the way out, although that wasn't the bet. Um, quickly, though, on Quenville, because, you know— he won't win the Jack Adams ever
1: because he's already established himself as a great coach. And he's got all those players that Well yeah. You can't win you can't win Jack Adams when you have superstars all over your lineup. But at least at the top of it. Doesn't that
0: say something about him as a coach that he's, I mean, there are some coaches that just, they can't coach superstar players.
1: It's like Phil Jackson, right? In the NBA. It's the same thing.
0: <sighs> but now we're seeing the other side, too, where half his I'm team. seeing the other
1: is, side of Phil Jackson right now, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure, the Knicks.
2: <laughs> Jamie's eyes just got really big and angry looking. Yeah, because we were at one point, right in the heart of the, the Knicks issues yes. a couple weeks back. Yeah. Yeah. so we're not at the heart of those issues say, right yeah. now. I, I mean, think with Charles Oakley hearts. and Carmelo oh, no, no, Anthony, no, no. Jack Sports was in the heart of Twitter activity. activity. Oh, i meant been okay. oh, okay. Sports okay. was in the heart of those okay. issues. Okay. Uh, well, mm. thank you, Charlie Rosen.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I what I was going to say. Oh, but you know, Quenville is also showing that other side. And he's shown it in the past too, where he does have a lot of rookies in, in his lineup. You know, if if Joe Quenville wasn't the Blackhawks coach. I wouldn't have taken the stance of he's going to get these rookies up to at least the level where they're able to supplement those, that star talent. But we're seeing both sides of what he's done. I mean, if that team, I know that the Jack Adams doesn't take playoffs into account, but if that team has the best record in the Western Conference by the end of the year, which I don't necessarily think they will, doesn't he, he deserve
1: consideration? If they win the West, he probably will get some consideration because there are a lot of people questioning their ability to do much of anything this year. So I, I think he'll get consideration. Will
2: he win? I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the, we've talked about this before—the the Bill Belichick effect. Yeah, of of just in any sport, when you're expected to be a good team, or you have been a good team in the past, or your teams have been good a number of years, you don't get the well, the, yeah. the, the head coach of the year loss. Plus,
1: with what with what Tortorella and Boudreau have done this year, yeah,
2: it's, it's it's tough to say so hard. But he should be in the conversation.
0: You mentioned Boudreaux, and that was the other half of that game last night. And obviously, Chicago won in <laughs> overtime. What do you think of Minnesota, though? That team. They do look different than they have oh, in the Oh, they do, past. And, and,
1: and they were talking about it on the broadcast last night, and I agree with this. Uh, the addition of Eric Stahl is, has been a huge Monumental. infusion of, yeah, it's, he, he looks very good again. Is he at the level where he was when Carolina won the Cup? Maybe not, but doesn't have to be he's though. a really good center, a really good player, and he's, he's allowed them uh, those other positions to slot in where they're supposed to be, so now they're suddenly they're strong up the middle. They still have that relentless speed and forechecking that they've always had, they're so sound defensively, Devin Dubnik's having a ridiculous year, they have to be considered a threat, even though you've got the Minnesota Wild history and, of course, Bruce Boudreaux's Game 7 history.
2: And they've done it most of the year with getting little to nothing from Zach Parise, who's yeah. finally starting yeah. to kind of pick it up a little Crazy. bit. Crazy. When you look at the
1: plus-minus players on that roster and then look at his minus,
2: what the heck? I, yeah, I mean, we talked about we talked with Mike Russo about this a couple of podcasts back, about they're just they're not sure why Parise is not performing well, but they've been dropping him in the lineup. And he's picked it up a little bit here lately, but, you know, it, it's funny. That team just seems... Like more controlled than it did before. They always they were always fast. They always ran around, but they just couldn't. They weren't productive with their speed. They weren't productive with their skill. And now they're finally productive.
1: I'm going to go back to something that I that I heard from duck sources way back when, when when there was some question about Bruce Boudreau, and it came mainly after the Blackhawks rallied against Anaheim in that Western Conference Final. They were down and they won the last couple games and won the series, won the cup. There's there was some question. I was told there was some question by some of the key players on that team about his ability as a bench coach to adapt within the game to situations, to changes, to counter the other coach's moves. And in my opinion, there's no coach better at that than Joel Quenville. So this matchup becomes really intriguing from that angle as well, to see if Bruce Bredo can finally get over that hump, if it was just... If it was just chatter, if it wasn't real, and he can get past that, it'd be a cool story if he did.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a very interesting thing to think about because you don't hear that a lot being analyzed either way. You know, like in the NFL, you always hear about clock management or or, uh, Super Bowl play calling and that kind of thing. You don't really hear passing when
0: all you have to do is run and you win the Super
2: Bowl. Exactly, but but you don't hear much about in in the NHL of how does this coach adapt in game. How does this coach when they, especially when they're on the road? Mm-hmm. How do they match up their lines? How do they, how when there's a line that's getting eaten alive out there? How do they mix things up?
0: That's Minnesota's curse because with the way the playoffs are set up, they will have to go through Chicago most mm-hmm. likely. And
2: well, that's
1: the way it should be, though, right? I mean,
0: well, yeah, I mean that, that's true. It's not even the, the way the way the playoffs are set up. It, if you're going to get to the Stanley Cup, you're probably going to have to go through Chicago in the West. And uh, so, yeah. you know, when they have Joel Quenville, and he's. The longest tenured coach in the NHL, uh, you are basically going to have to, you're going to have to be more talented than them to beat them. And gonna, I don't know if there's a team in the West that is right is. You're going to
1: have to be on your toes too, coaching, and that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because Joel is, and, I, and I've, I've watched it. I obviously watch a lot of their games, but he's he's just a master. At, he's a, a he's a tactician. He pays attention, and he's he's, he's constantly making adjustments during the game, and that's. That's going to be something that Boudreaux has to prove he can do as well if is going to get to the next level. And
0: Minnesota, at least for me, has typically been a team that when you watch them, like you understand they're good the last couple of years, but they're not always the most exciting team to watch. They've been more fun to watch this year just in general. And no question. I, I mean, that's one of those teams. Like you know how we all work in hockey. You know how like you come home and it's an off night and there is no hockey. There's no local hockey or whatever and, you know, Craig's married, and Jamie's got his Alabama wife that we, you know none of us have ever seen and they're like hey you know there's no hockey tonight and then your response is i'd be quiet i want to watch hockey watch some of the other games that's one of the teams now that i will i will flip on like Columbus has become one of those teams actually Winnipeg for me is one of those teams because they're a fun team to watch if it's not your favorite team or the local team i think Minnesota's on that list now
1: and it's funny those three markets when you mention those three markets people would be like what but you're absolutely right about all three of those teams. They're all entertaining teams to watch. And I'm the same way with those three clubs. I'd be just fine if I saw a Minnesota-Columbus Cup final this year. Oh, yeah. It would be incredible hockey. And that's what I'm looking for from an entertainment standpoint. It'd be great. I don't want to watch some slogfest. Can I say something crazy? Okay. How's this different than normal? <laughs> Can I say
0: something specifically crazy? Yeah. And it's, Unusually crazy? It's, it's been well documented on the show that I like the Penguins. Oh, do you? I've heard. And this is not at the expense of the Penguins. Obviously, I would prefer the Penguins to win the cup. If they don't win the cup this year, I kind of want to see if Vetch can win the cup. I can see that.
1: I feel like. Well, yeah, I know, but
0: that's like supposedly he, blasphemy if you're a Penguins fan. Yeah.
1: Well, you you can you can reach a higher plane. Yeah. Oh, well, look at that. I you reached know. a higher plane. I've never had a problem with the Capitals. It's always been the Flyers. No, no, it's, yeah, and, yeah. and with all that they've been through too, it'd be yeah, it'd be a nice nice cap to his
2: career. Yeah. And no, I, pun no, no pun intended. Mm, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> it really
1: didn't intend it. Just came out. I just
2: don't I just want the, just the, the narrative <laughs> to go away. I just want the Capitals the Ovechkin narrative to go away. Yeah. And we want Carl Putnam to stop suffering. Yes, to S- that too.
0: To stop texting us angry tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Can you text And Carl suffering. Yeah. And that's that should be the the hashtag on Twitter. End Carl suffering. I don't that. want
2: the Capitals to be what the Sharks were 7 years ago. I, I, I don't want that to happen. I just cuz I think Especially for because of uh, where Alex Ovechkin happened to be born, yeah, that legacy will be extremely adversely affected by him not winning
0: it. He, he was born in that country that only has, has four of the greatest
2: hundred. As you talked about, Malkin has two cups. Aren't He's we not allies one of now? Hundred best players ever. Yeah, yeah, I can't tell. Yeah. Everything, everything's gone away. Everything's a book stories vanished. Point. By the way, I don't know why. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm.
0: Hopefully, his podcast doesn't vanish now because you said that. Hmm. Uh, no, I just I think if. That narrative specifically following Avechkin around, I know there are people that they look at him and they're like, well, you know, so and so is better. And maybe he doesn't deserve to win a cup because he doesn't do this right. There's plenty of players in the NHL that have won cups in the that last are flawed? 10 years. Yes. He's better than 99% <laughs> there of them.
1: You mean they're perfect players? You don't have to be perfect to win the cup. Apparently not. But he yeah, does, no. I, I'd like I guess. To see it too. Washington would make me happy if they won a yeah. cup. I'd love to see Minnesota and Columbus there. Any of those teams. I like watching them play, too. So yeah. I want to watch good hockey. If my team's not in it, I want to watch good hockey. The reason I bring up the Capitals
0: is they're outscoring everybody by 73 goals every night. Mm-hmm. Does this feel any different to you than last year did? To me, it kind of does because they started doing this later. So maybe they are heading towards peaking, even if it's not the right time, just before the playoffs.
1: I just feel like there have been so many Capital storylines yeah. during the regular season over the past 20 yeah. years that, I don't know, this might just be another chapter.
2: They, they just have to do it. Just do it. They just have to do it. Again, it. almost nothing they do for the rest of the regular season matters. Completely agree. In terms of that, the way or, people... Or the playoffs. Yeah. They,
1: they, they have to get there. They have to get to the cup finals. Yeah,
2: they have to. You don't
1: think if they just beat Pittsburgh? No. no. Who cares if do, What, like in the... Are we talking the second round? Yeah. And get to the conference if, finals even, and lose. Even nah, if they I lose the they Eastern kill.
2: Conference final, that's not nah. gonna. I don't think it changes. It'll anything. Still
1: be a disappointment. Well, the regular season does matter this year
0: because if they if they stay where they are, they'll end up playing Philadelphia or Toronto or Boston. Well, yeah, or I North mean, it Australia. matters
2: in terms of seating, but in terms of the perception around the team, anything but I, a Cup appearance will not change the perception.
0: But usually, seating doesn't even matter, and this year it does because there's a real You're right, ch- a chance, chance to draw.
2: Yeah, well, because he's I mean, a good job.
0: If they're playing Boston or Toronto in the first round, they may win that series in four games, and then they'll get either Pittsburgh or Columbus, who probably played seven games and beat each other up. So I don't,
1: maybe, maybe this is their year. kind of like he's already offering excuses. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, we like can't possibly expect saying. Pittsburgh to do it yeah. again, can okay. we? Well, it's funny. I'll be writing about that. Oh, really? I hope to, anyway, if, if anyone will talk to me from any NHL team other than the Coyotes. <laughs>
0: I was going to say something mean, but I'm not going to because you know, I've reached a higher plane.
1: Went for a, an interview with Shea Weber today, and Shea Weber wasn't available. And Oh, by the way, they changed the practice time and didn't tell me. Well, that's why you were here early. All the uh, French-speaking reporters knew about the time and change. Well, maybe the press release went out in French. Maybe, oh. uh, it didn't come to me at all. They
2: didn't no. like the Colombian reporters? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's <laughs> it right there. That's, that's a good. prejudice. Uh, before we
0: wrap up, the uh, Coyotes and Avalanche are the two teams that, that we know probably aren't making the playoffs. It's <laughs> like something insane happens. Are there other teams at this point? Now we're, what, two or three weeks away from the trade deadline. Jamie's raising his hand. Are you going to say Detroit? You Vancouver. don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. Vancouver.
2: I'm very confident about it.
0: Okay.
1: okay. Let okay. me reword the question there's, for you. what, seven points back now? Yeah, there's seven
2: points back Dallas. I don't care if they're
1: Dallas. one point What's, back. God, Dallas,
2: Dallas just isn't going to figure it out this no, year, No, Dallas right? is not. I, guess I know, I know right. I've know. i been beating this drum now for a month, but they're not. That team, the, every flaw that team has... It's gotten worse. How much, how much do they miss Alex Golagoski? It's very
0: strange. He hasn't been an all-star here, but I, their defense is not the same this year. He was much better there. Like, I mean, they the not been, that been that good either.
1: banged no. up all year, too. So it's, I, I, just, I don't, I don't yeah. know how to read this, this season. That's so, just decimated by injuries. And he, even when guys come back in the lineup, it takes a while to get the chemistry back. It's. I, I don't know how to read the season for Dallas. I'm not ready to judge them yet on this season. I'd, I'd like to see them play healthy. Then again,
2: some of those players we're talking about are older players who aren't going to be around. Yeah. So I, I, I don't. I don't particularly love where that team's going. I don't. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't say like, oh, if they just hold on until this time, this next year, this prospect. They'll. I mean, they they, they still have a massive goaltending problem, which good thing they're not spending a ton of money on and defensive problems, and injury problems,
1: and Tyler Sagan. Okay, they're seven points behind Calgary now, but they do have two games in hand. So if you're asking, are are other teams definitely out of the race now? No.
0: Well, maybe I should re-ask the question so Jamie can't instantly say Vancouver. Are there other teams that... Feel like they're out of the race and would be willing to sell at the deadline.
1: I think he's, oh, yeah, because Vancouver, we all know, doesn't, well, yeah, Vancouver doesn't in live to in reality. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> and,
2: seriously, and Vancouver's going to, to buy somebody. Vancouver is in a fantasy bubble. we are in a fantasy audience. bubble.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, we're going to retool this on the fly. We're going to miss the playoffs by six points each year.
0: We're going to have the, what, 12th pick in the draft every year. It's going to be great. We have all these contracts. We can't. The team I'm a little bit
2: curious about is what Carolina does. Because how long are they going to stick in this not quite good enough to make the playoffs, but they're always the trendy pick to make the playoffs before they actually do something.
0: Well, we need some clarity because they're four points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand on that team. And yet they're in last in the Metro. So at some point here over the next two weeks, we need to get clarity in the standings.
2: That's a team I think could buy even if they're not in the top eight or nine.
1: Carolina?
0: Yeah by, like,
2: a player that they're going to keep
0: beyond this year. Yeah.
1: yeah. Four points back. It's amazing. And their disparity between home and away is ridiculous yes. with that team.
0: Oh, yeah. it's, it's absurd. It's... They have the worst road record but in I, the entire I don't, Eastern I Conference. I
1: don't know that any of these teams... May, maybe Detroit has made that determination if that they're, they're not going to be a playoff team. I, I think Detroit, of all the teams, that that's probably the team I'd identify as a team that's that's out of it in the East.
2: Yeah, if they're smart, I think, that, again, I just... There's no need. The playoff streak doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Trying to win a cup means something. And
1: lo and behold, the rumors of the Blackhawks talking to the Red Wings are out there. Uh, well,
0: so you know, if you're Detroit, are you trading Thomas Vanek?
1: I don't think the Blackhawks want Thomas Vanek.
2: But then if you're Detroit, why would you trade other players that are relatively I don't know. young and size? I don't know.
1: Why are why are names like Thomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist? Well, Gustav Nyquist, um, um, Nyquist
2: is out there because he's not as good as everybody thinks he is. Like, he's not. He's, he's a fine player, but he's the king of shooting percentage. And he's not, going, he's not going to be a first-line player. I no don't how, like how much does. people want him to desperately be a first-line player. It's not happening.
1: So you wouldn't play him with Jonathan Taves?
2: If i to play him for one season, yeah, it's one thing. Yeah. But they're playing, they're playing third-liners with Jonathan Taves, so I don't know if that's a fair comparison. It's yeah. an
0: upgrade yeah. <laughs> for what, what they're currently
2: doing. It probably is. I actually. mean, Chicago's a different side. If, if you're saying, hey, I'm going to get this player to play with Taves or Crosby or Kopitar, I mean, that's a little bit of a different scenario versus I'm going to get this player because I think that player elevates other players on right. my team. Right, yeah, he's...
1: Yeah, rather than being a complimentary yeah. piece and a guy who can, can just get. score and give you speed, which obviously he can do.
2: Tatari don't quite get, but they've yeah. always kind of hated him a little bit. But beyond that, I
1: don't know. I, I think we have to wait even longer. Yeah, and we're they, getting close. It's crazy. I mean, Tampa Bay can't do anything. We've got three weeks. We've got three weeks, yeah. and you still can't definitively say anybody's out of it other than and Colorado and Arizona. What,
2: what would they do? Like, Tampa Bay can't, I mean, aside from Bishop, what are they going to? They can't really give up anything, and they're going to have to write this off to, to Stamkos, and that's probably that's going to be their excuse. Although they have bigger problems than that, oh. their players look like they've never played with each other
0: before. Tampa is the one that I'm going to be really wrong on this year if they miss yeah. the playoffs. I thought they were going to the Cup. Uh, well, and, we'll you know, like last place in the one. East. You take a step back and you look, and, and you say they they made the Cup two years ago. They were a goal away from making the Cup last year. So maybe there's some just attrition that gets to you, and you don't make the Cup this year. But you should still be a playoff team, and you that's what's going to shock in me. Last place.
1: And right, you should be yeah because Stamkos <laughs> is out of lineup. You should not be in the last no, place.
2: Stamkos was out of line-up last year, and they almost they almost won the Eastern it, Conference. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely beyond that. They, they can use that as the excuse, but it's definitely beyond. Yeah, they need that. help on their blue line. I think yeah. everybody agrees they, on that. Somebody other than Victor Hedman and Strollman need to yeah.
0: let me to be impact players. Two things on Tampa before we wrap up. One, I think Jamie kind of hit on it. If you if you're Tampa at this point, don't you have to just sort of pull the plug, and see what happens if you trade Ben Bishop. If he's not going to be your goalie anyway, trade him for something else. Lean on Vasilevsky. See, uh, you yeah.
2: have to go all they, out. They, they might have to. Uh, but, you know, we talked I don't know if he said this on the show or something. I had a conversation with him. But Roy Cummings has talked a lot. And they're, according to the people he's talking to with the Lightning, they're not all that sold on Vasilevsky either. So but they're kind of caught in this situation where they don't really love what their goaltending situation looks like now or in the near future.
0: The other – aspect of Tampa, and I was not going to bring this up on the show, but I've heard it on three different shows in the last two days. Is there any chance they would legitimately fire John Cooper? I've heard
2: that brought up three different times. I, I've heard that too. I think that's crazy. That would be after... one of the dumbest things ever. I mean, I know it's so Julian's out there, wouldn't but... it?
1: I mean One season, you, after all that he's done, it would be incredibly and all of a
2: sudden, With a lot of those players from the minors up, I mean, he's got a long history with a lot mm-hmm. of those players, and a lot of success up until this season.
0: They made the cup two years ago, and if it's not for a weird bounce that Brian Rust puts between Bishop's legs, they make the cup last year, too, potentially. And you're going to fire him yeah, this no, year? I, I yeah, I think
1: that'd be crazy. But Boy, Vegas would have a, a whole lot of options. Yeah. Uh,
2: he would instantly Actually, be my Actually, he would first be my choice. top choice. Yep. If I'm yeah. going to yeah. do with a, a, a half-young, half-veteran team, I mean, I think Cooper might be my top choice. Josh I, Cooper it, or John Cooper? Well, we'll see. Both. Okay. Josh Cooper. By the way, is Buffalo ever going to be good, ever? No, I no. don't think
0: so. I looked at that, and I... No. Is that the
2: team with the most raw talent that, has, that cannot put anything together?
0: It feels like it. I mean, there's other teams, you know, people will look at Dallas and say they're not putting it together, but they did last year. They just didn't win. Yeah. The con- Buffalo hasn't done anything. It's very strange. They're just mm-hmm. not doing anything. He's, Jack
1: Eichel's back. He is back. and I mean, he's a point producer, but yeah. is, he, is he a guy who elevates a team? I'm, I'm not sure sta- I'm starting to wonder. I feel like that team's not even on TV on the center ice package. I never see Buffalo play.
0: Yeah, in fact, you're you're right. I I don't either. I don't think I'm, I i do not think I've seen them play. It. I think just every couple of days somebody updates the standings, and they're like Buffalo Oh, played. Buffalo. Yeah, They're, 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 still, yeah, in they're a still a league. They've played three more games. They got two more points.
1: They get demoted to you know. If this were Premier League, they'd be in the
0: AHL next yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. You, are you going to ignore the
1: uh, Merriam-Webster making five-hole right. oh, an yeah. official word in me, the dictionary? Let's
2: wrap up with that because we've gone four hours with the show today.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's yeah, four, only hour, four hour hours and five Actually, our
2: shows Actually, this is a, a shorter show than like most of our shows. We'll blame oh, it on okay. Josh
1: Cooper because he just kept talking. Yeah, It was all good stuff, much better than we ever contribute, but right. we'll blame it on him nonetheless. That's fair, but some, some of us good. have to be
0: in a suit on the other side of town.
1: It's not my concern, though. Take a look at the
2: Sabres stat page and just cry. See, now Jamie's bringing up the Sabres stat page. Oh,
1: we don't want to go back to the Sabres. Just cry.
2: I mean, it's sad.
1: All right.
0: Aside uh, from
2: like Rasmus Ristelainen. if I'm gonna if I'm Reino gonna start Reino. crying, you guys have to. Ooh, that is. Just look, I mean, I mean look, who's the impact player on that team? My gosh, Evander Kane is second on the team in goals. Yeah, but it has never it has like a quarter of an assist. It doesn't make it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense though because they they went out and got Kyle Oposo,
0: which I thought was a good move, and he's been good. He's got 17 goals and 17 assists. I mean, he's been good enough. Yeah, and yet they're not the really could, good with John Tavares. He yeah. So the Islanders could great. use somebody like
2: that. Yeah. Maybe they should uh, address goaltending at some point. It's funny. As so you look, looked at this, Ocposo, Islanders could use somebody like that. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly,
1: the Habs could use somebody
0: like they that. Could they could also use
1: an arena. Oh. Oh, wow. Here we go again. <laughs> we don't want to go there. We need to call Josh back. Oh. Islanders arena. Wow, what a mess. Anyway, Merriam-Webster has made five hole an official word in the dictionary, along with more than 1,000 other words. I think this was done Tuesday, actually. Okay. Which leads us to the long-forgotten Lipinski list. Oh, yes. Okay. Which other hockey terms should be added to Merriam-Webster's?
2: I don't feel like Selly or Tendi should be there
1: quite
2: yet. <laughs> yeah, more like shortened words versus like an actual like, phrase. What about Natty happy?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think that's to. making it. Oh, really? Five hole is a hyphenated word, so yeah. you, get, you mean a, a compound word. You, it, that, that's funny. okay.
2: When we think about hockey words, the only thing that plays in my mind, do you remember about four or five years ago with the Coyotes, they did uh, a was, like, was it like a Bissonette 101 or something, where they yeah. put all this yes. down the street? Yes. Yeah. And like the first one of that series was grocery stick.
0: See, we, Which is the best hockey See,
1: ever. We, we, we've timed this wrong. We should have had Biz on this week for this particular Lipinski list. He's probably got like 12 terms off he, the top of his head. He doesn't
0: even realize they're terms, though. He just, right. uses, he just them. uses them. Yeah. And then he's like, you he don't know what grocery stick means? Well, well like if, <laughs> right. you, if, if exactly. you read his
2: his uh, all time chocolate uh, chocolate lineup, he talked about like ticket for contract and yeah, all, the, the, all the other right. terms. The writing for that was about some of the
0: best
1: writing. T- Tippett dropped one the other day. Dave Tippett, the Coyotes Coach, dropped one the other day that I hadn't heard before when referring to Ryan White. Okay. Witty Goon talk. <laughs> And he said, that one's been around a while. I'm like, really? I never heard that before. But apparently, you know, I I trust him. He he would know if something's been around for a while.
0: That's up there with witty goon talk. Sucking dirty pond water. That's another good one, too. If you can't breathe. I mean, I I feel like
1: dangle, there should be an alternate definition for dangle in the dictionary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dangle's probably the best one. That's... uh, Because it's already in there. So just add a definition. Exactly.
1: Definition number seven. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's... To stick handle with deafness. (laughs)
0: And <laughs> just a picture of Pavel Yeah, they yeah. still put pictures in the yeah. dictionary.
1: Fine example.
0: Um, Coyote's great, Pavel That's right. Icing? Icing is in there, right? Yeah. It's well, yeah,
2: it's, it would be in there for like, what you put on a cake. But like, yeah. is it in there I gotta
1: for I believe there's cake? an alternate definition. I haven't looked that up. I've got to believe that yeah. like, icing and offside would be in there. If only yeah, all three right. of us had computers in front of us. Oh, well,
0: mm-hmm. if only. Yeah. I don't feel like looking it up. Yeah, neither do I. I to to be, tie up like I can see thing. how much effort you guys are putting yeah. into this.
2: <laughs> to tie this up with last week since you, since you had to leave okay. uh, before the business interview, what is, what is your like, first line of chocolate bars? Because we didn't get your part. I, I believe it, You see, you missed it because I called Snickers the David Krejci of Chocolate Box. I was. Well, <laughs> and you know, I thought it was great. And so did Biz, by the way. Humble brag. Um, but. You know, I, it's I, not like I didn't go back and listen.
1: Peanuts. Peanuts and chocolate for me. Any kind of nut and chocolate. I'm done. Not good. No, not good at all. Really, I don't like that combination.
2: How about how about like the Rice Krisps? Yeah, that's good stuff. Like Mr. Good, was it Mr. Goodbar that has the Rice Krisps? What's the uh hundred Grand Bar? 100, yeah, hundred Grand right. Bar. See, that's that's first line. Yeah, material that, for that's me. A, that's a top Reese's one. Peanut Butter Cups. That one has a Jonathan Especially taste. Especially the minis, one.
1: like the mini Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's uh, so, first line material too. All right, so
2: I have to rant about this. So at Mobile, I was at the Senior Bowl, which no, is sponsored by Reese's. Does that do with your life? Life? What's her name? By the way, Jamie. What's her name? Oh, that's right. It is Jamie. Somebody stole my chocolate, fo- my chocolate Reese's football from the press box. It was wow. stolen.
0: Well, it's Alabama. They probably thought it was a real football and went and used it's it very to sign recruits. By the way, best Reese's
2: ever. None of them. I don't know I don't know how they got them. I don't know where they made them, but they, none of them stuck to the bottom. They were perfect. Wow. So go to events sponsored by Reese's. You'll get the perfect buttercups, cups. Hmm. Peanut butter cups. Yeah, so they, what is your
1: first line chocolate uh, I mean, I, I've just named two of mine. I'd have to come up with a
2: starting six, yeah. I guess. But
0: Controversial
2: okay. pick, I know. Oh, boy. But I'm gonna go with Milky Way. Yes, third. That's a solid. That's the like David Pasternak of. Well, you
0: know what? Maybe, maybe uh, the the draft lottery Joel hasn't Bruins, been. Bruins, by the
2: way. of. It was like
0: Tyler Sagan with the of candy bars. Uh, you know, the draft lottery hasn't been kind to me, so I may need to play yeah. Milky Way a little out of position on that top line. <laughs> yeah, and that's just, just the way regular it is. Milky
2: Way, or like do you have a no, Milky Way
0: Midnight or whatever no, they call it? No, the Milky, Milky Way Midnight. Actual Milky, Milky Way. Midnight. I think you do put. Reese's peanut butter cups up there because that's a different sort of player. Well
2: that's, just, well, that's that's probably your first defensive pairing if you think about
1: it. Oh, now we're on D. Okay. Uh, no, I know. no right? Way. On this you, got, right. you got two center, in the back center and... or wing? It's not Alex Burmistrov playing out of position. Well, probably. I mean, where else would you play Alex Burmistrov? I feel like you, you could play Milky Way
0: at center if you had to. Okay. But I'm more comfortable with it on right wing okay. and then Reese's peanut butter cups on left wing. But like a lot of teams, in, in the, the NHL, middle? I'm
2: still looking for my first line center. Ah, yeah. see, oh. they've invented. But who are you playing there in the meantime? Who is the Martin Hansel that has to be your first-line center because the rest of the team does not have one?
0: All I can think of is Three Musketeers, and I don't want it there. So no, Give that's me some, other, give that's me some other names.
2: You give don't me, like uh, Three
1: Musketeers? Nah, that's, that's my least favorite. Biz doesn't. Bar. Well, actually, Biz actually said he liked it. It was the his yeah, but, partner. But he said, it was, well. he said he it was soft. He did say it was soft. But soft. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, the fact that it's soft, but in this case, so sometimes it doesn't work a for thing. a center. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I need a, a more... I need like a list of candy bars in front of me to really accurately go through with this. But those are definitely my two wings on that first line. And I will have an answer for you on my first line center. Who were your guys' first line centers?
1: I don't know what I ended up picking for the first line centers. Oh, center. that's good. Yeah, that's I, me you know. I probably the have the 100 grand
2: bar. In yeah, market. that has to be up there. Yeah, it's it's the the name everything. works, too. That's a, it's a, it's a two-way candy bar. It really is. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a 200-foot game. In fact, game. you I mean, get two pieces. What yeah. about Twix? Should I go with Twix? Well, Twix there? are the Sedins. We, we already established this. Oh, yeah. okay. Daniel is left. You can't separate them, so. Yeah. Daniel Sladina's right true. twix. And it's it's, it's left complicated.
1: Twix.
0: This is tough
2: putting I mean, this lineup together. You really
1: a... you have to eat them together. <laughs> both bars both at yeah. the same time. Right twix and <laughs> yeah, left twix. I mean, you're
2: forced to buy both bars at the same time. Uh, <laughs> Rolos. In, I mean, where, where see, do you put Rolos? I
0: feel like Rolo is my seventh defenseman.
1: Yeah, that's. If, if, if
0: they're on have, a team.
1: what was Biz's first line center? Was
2: it Toblerone?
1: He did yeah. have Toblerone out there. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. That's a little too classic.
2: I don't think I've ever bought a Toblerone in my life. I have, but
1: I'm just not a big fan. Yeah, I, I You know what is, is an old time chocolate bar? The Charleston Chew, the Biggie. Ah, they still sell that. Yeah. That would probably be my uh on my on my top pairing protecting whoever
2: my offensive yeah, yeah. defenseman my, is. My favorite chocolate bar of all time is still I like Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Oh, that's that's a, good. That, stuff. That's it's my a favorite. good one actually. That's my favorite.
0: If you put that in the fridge, I would make that my first. They one. they had that they
2: briefly had them out yeah, here it's in the not nice. Yeah. yeah, just saying. They, they they briefly had them out here in the vending machine and they had the the willpower to not buy all of them. Wow, I was just a wrong. stack of them on Jamie's
0: desk. <laughs> you redeemed yourself for your Charleston Chew comment, because I think of, like, Sean Avery when I think Charles you know, like
1: Cha- Charleston
0: Chew. You don't like Charleston Chew? I don't even feel like it's a candy bar. I feel like it's a... Somewhere in between the candy some, and... It's
1: almost taffy. It's
0: That's fair. a whole different
1: team. It's fair. I do like it. Okay.
0: That's, you know, to each his own.
2: They call it the biggie. What about the Reese's just Fast saying. Break? Uh, I don't even know what that is. See, Keith loves those. Speaking of Keith... Uh, that we have to name drop him because Craig wasn't quite paid under the door. He was handed, he was where walked is that, in here. Where's that paycheck? And was handed to him. I think I got a paycheck. You lost. I'm not sure what like I did spot, with it. A spotlight came well, down. I might just
1: frame it on my wall like Ricky also, Henderson also did with that million dollar check.
2: <laughs> Either to in his backpack or Craig actually lost his paycheck, which is kind of his loss. So, And <laughs> our, our, our gain comically, I
0: have to say. Um, all right. Is this it? Is this yeah. The, the, the Coyotes good. game starts Are we gonna, far enough off topic? to trail off here? Ever since I told you guys I needed to go, we started talking about everything under the sun, including okay. Buffalo and Charleston Jews. Yeah. yeah. So, so this thanks, podcast guys. is ending on an ellipsis. All right. For Jamie Eisner, Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hat Trick Podcast.